Hi, welcome back to another Prospector Political Podcast. My name is Brendan Burke. I'm joined here today with Junior Louisa Zanin, where today we are going to talk about Tuesday night's presidential debate between former Vice President Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee, and President Donald Trump, the Republican nominee and the incumbent. But first off, Louisa, I know that you have done some work with the local League of Women Voters, so please, if you could, just describe the sort of work that you do with them. Um, I am a moderator and MC for League of Women Voters, Arlington Heights, Buffalo Grove, Mount Prospect, like that area. And that's, I just like moderate and sometimes MC. All right. Sounds awesome. Okay. So obviously, since you are a moderator, you have seen these sorts of debates. Tuesday night, that was not a debate. Let's just get that out in the open. That was not a debate. It was the furthest thing from a presidential norm. It was a mess, as Jake Tapper put it. He had some quote, I'm paraphrasing here. It was, you know, a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck. Uh, another moderator from CNN called it a shit show. It was not, it was not, as Joe Biden even said during the debate itself, this is not presidential. So, Louisa, my first question for you was just watching that 90 minutes of nonstop debate, no commercial breaks, nothing. What was just your reaction when you either turned your TV off and you just walked away? Um, I just, I didn't think it was going to, I just want to preface this by saying I did not think that it was going to be the way that it was. Because I, I don't think anybody did. (laughs) Yeah, I had some faith in the candidates. And then, because I remember just like looking at the screen and I was like, oh, like it's going to start. And then. I think the first person to like cut someone off was like Trump cut off Biden. Yes. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is going to be awful. And then like when it ended, I literally like, I felt relief. Cause I was like, I was like stressed the whole time. Exactly. So I sort of echo that sentiment in the sense that I was, I was sitting on my couch. I watched the whole thing and it's, Primary debates are a little bit different. For one, in a primary debate, at least because obviously we didn't see Republican primary debates this year, we only saw Democratic primary debates this year. The Democratic primary debates, not only where obviously it's one party, so it is going to be more civil just in general, because uh, when you're in a primary, it's not based on, it's not Democrat versus Republican, it's just Democrats versus other Democrats. So they have much more common ground than somebody like Biden and Trump will. Saying that, though, and also the primary debates of commercial breaks, etc. This debate, I turned off the TV. I was just, I sat in disbelief at what I saw. I just thought it was awful, just completely unprecedented. And when it comes to, another question I got for you. When it comes to Chris Wallace, he was the moderator from Fox News. He did moderate one of the 2016 presidential debates between Trump and uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And I thought that... The moderator, he's, inter- Chris Wallace, in terms of his questions, in terms of how he asks them, he's great. But unfortunately, he's being faced with a very blasphemous, belligerent candidate, Donald Trump. So I guess my first question for you, any changes that you would like to see in future debates, whether it be the Kamala, Mike Pence vice presidential debate and the two future presidential debates that will be coming in the coming weeks? Um, I... I think that the Kamala Mike Pence debate is going to be a lot more civil than this one was just because like women just tend to be a little bit less belligerent as you put it. Um, but for future presidential debates, like both of these people are options like 
for leading America. I don't know how much that sentence made sense, but, um, I would just like, I would just like it if they started acting more like they were presidential candidates, like Donald Trump literally called Joe Biden's dead son, a loser. And it's just like, why was that a relevant Mm -hmm. thing? And when it comes to just the debate itself, obviously you mentioned that it's not like Joe Biden said it, you agreed with it. It's not presidential whatsoever. The fact that, uh, and nothing against Joe Biden here, it's definitely not his only fault in terms of escalation, but it just kind of shows the image of our politics that the fact that like 15 years ago, if at a presidential debate, one of the candidates told the other one to shut up, called one of them a clown racist, you know, xenophobic, while those statements might very well be true, it just shows a weird indication of our politics in a sense that that's where we are. That's the division we're facing. And the one thing I do want to build off with you, you mentioned, as you said, you're like, women just tend to be more civilized. Watching this debate with uh, Trump and Biden, one of the moments that I actually loved was when he kept trying to cut off Biden, saying, are you going to stack the court? Are you going to stack the court? And Biden just went, well, you shut up, man. Just sort of just getting in Trump's, like, sort of pushing back. And the reason I love to see that is because in 2016, there was no way in hell Hillary Clinton could have done that. Because then the headlines would have been, oh, look at this. Look, look at this woman. How is she going to be able to handle the presidency of the United States if she can't even handle these remarks from Donald Trump? And Hillary Clinton talks about this extensively, and she has a docu-series on Hulu she talks about this in, and a book called What Happened. Talks about this extensively, just sort of the double standard that women face. And one thing I just wanted to bring this up with, I'm curious if you agree with me. A lot of people still fail to think that there were double standards that Hillary Clinton faced in 2016. And in my view, a perfect justification and saying that, no, it is true, was what happened last night. If Hillary Clinton at all responded the way that Joe Biden did, there's there's no way in hell the press, the press, uh, the electorate would have let her have it. If she called Trump a clown, if she told him to shut up, do you think that Hillary Clinton would have been able to get away with those remarks? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I think that if she would have, like, even tried to, like, push back on Trump a little bit, um, like the press would have a field day. They'd be calling her, like, a bitch. They'd be saying that, like, she was, like, immature. Like, stuff like that when she's the furthest thing from it. Exactly. So, coming back to, obviously, yesterday's debate, there were six topics that the two candidates covered. Uh, one, The first one that they covered, as a matter of fact, was the Supreme Court. Obviously, we talked about this last week, uh, about the passing of former Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and how Trump has nominated Amy Coney Barrett to the court. That segment could have lasted longer, and Chris Wallace, as a matter of fact, pointed out how funny it was, how off track the two candidates got, where he said to Mr. Biden, he goes, oh, well, actually, as a matter of fact, this for this segment started about the Supreme Court, and he had to go back to it because uh, Trump has a tendency to get off topic, whatever. And Biden even said, he goes, oh, wow, that was such a productive segment at the end and said, keep yapping, uh, Trump. So in terms of who won last night's debate, I'm just curious who you think. Who do you think a winner of last night's debate was? Just wanted, just curious. Um, definitely Biden. Like, I, like, I 
if I could vote, I'd be voting blue, but I'm not of legal age. Um, but like putting that aside, like Donald Trump didn't really say facts. He was just like, like Joe Biden was like, this is what I want to do to like combat COVID. And then Donald Trump was just like, I brought back football. And like Donald Trump, like literally made a sex joke during the debate. Yep. And like Joe Biden, at least like, while they both pushed back on each other and it was a train wreck of a debate. Yes. Joe Biden at least like kind of stayed on the point. Like he tried to, there were many instances where he would kind of drift off a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, while a lot of that is him, I personally would say that one of the reasons a lot of people criticize Joe Biden for this, how he tended to get off topic. The reason he had to get off topic is because Trump just kept saying thing after thing after thing. First, he was talking about uh, swine flu. Then he was talking about Hunter Biden's dealings in Russia and then his dealings in China and then his dealing with Burisma, which is based in Ukraine. And Trump was just jumping back and forth. And I think, frankly, while, yes, maybe Biden naturally would have sort of drifted off and maybe stuck because he does have a stutter, stuttered a little bit to respond. I and I'm curious if you agree with this. I personally think one of the reasons he acted like that is because Trump just kept spitfiring anything that would stick and I don't think anything stuck what do you think yeah a hundred percent Donald Trump was like trying to like fling wet paint at a wall and see if it would have like left anything um and obviously like I don't personally have a stutter but I like I'm a public speaker I'm an actress um and when you are put on the spot in a situation where you're in a high stress situation it's harder to speak and that's just fact everyone is Everyone has more trouble speaking when there's more pressure put on them. Right. And Donald Trump was putting, like, the presidential debate, like, as a whole is already such a stressful, like, thing to be a part of. Right. But, like, debating against someone who is as belligerent as Trump is Mm -hmm. and as, like, just rude. Definitely. Like, that definitely, like made that stutter come out of Biden. Right, exactly. And you mentioned, like, you're an actress yourself and how you speak in front of, obviously, not crazy huge crowds, but you will speak in front of crowds. And, yeah, it's difficult. I've given, you know, speeches. I've given eulogies in the past and just public speaking, even in classrooms. Like, I have a lot of experience with public speaking, even doing this, like, (laughs) even writing an intro, making this conversation going, obviously, without, like, notes or anything, is difficult. And this is just a conversation. Think of Biden on a debate stage in front of tens of millions of Americans, essentially, in their cameras. Uh, And then so we talked about how with the Supreme Court, personally, I went through each category and throughout the debate, I was like, okay, who won that segment? So for all of them, I said Biden did win. Obviously, in certain areas, he won better than he did. He performed better than in others. But my essential core, like, stance on the debate is yes. This is what I say. Technically, yeah, Biden did win. He definitely did. In terms of who tried to stay on point the most, who actually presented their vision for America, it was Joe Biden. But in terms of who won the debate, nobody really did. It was really just, (laughs) as the CNN commentator said, it was a shit show. It wasn't, and like, to say that it was a mess is sugarcoating it. It was just awful. And today, the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates has said that they are going to be introducing new rules uh, after last night's just terribly chaotic performance. I personally think, I'm curious if you agree with this, I think that the moderator should have the ability to cut their mics. What do you think? Yes. 
But like, my, like, and I think that's great. Yeah, cut the mics. But, but this is what I say to people: I don't think that's going to shut Donald Trump up. I really yeah, don't, I don't I, think that would either. I really don't <laughs> think it will. I think he'll just talk louder and louder and louder. And they really need my biggest criticism of the debate. This is sort of a criticism of Donald Trump, but just the debate in general. There was no conversation of actual plans, really. They, like, Joe Biden tried to do it. He tried to talk about, you know, his climate plan, but then Trump just kept going, oh, you support the Green New Deal, which is false. Biden has clearly stated, no, I support the Biden climate plan. It's not the Green New Deal. Biden has made that very clear. Trump, you know, doesn't like to listen to anything. But so I guess when it comes to the other topics of the debate, one I wanted to talk about in particular is the integrity of the election. I obviously don't want to go into each category with you, but this was a very, it was the final segment of the night. And I think one of the most important. So Donald Trump, it's funny. I don't know if you know who Bill, uh, Bill Maher is, but he's a, you know, a talk show host, right? And he does a lot of political stances. And he's been saying ever since the, tr like three years ago, he's been saying this about Donald Trump going, oh, uh, he's not going to leave office. Trump won't leave. And everyone would call Bill Maher crazy. And now they're seeing this. Trump has been setting this, uh, this sort of story, setting the stage for his refusal to leave office for months now, calling mail-in ballots corrupt, even though they, even though he uses them himself, even though that they've been used in the 2018 midterm election. So I guess my question for you, when you heard Donald Trump say, as he kind of has already reiterated, that he won't be able to accept an election result because he thinks the results are going to be corrupt. What did that, like, what did that, how did you resonate with that? Like, what made you, what did you feel? Um, like, to me, like, he might not want to leave office, but like, he's just going to be forced out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it makes me great, like, tremendously, like, disappointed in the fact that he's like he's the president and he's acting like a baby like that makes me feel awful mm -hmm. for like the sake of this country but sorry if you hear my dog by the way continue <laughs> no love it don't worry um but like other than that like I'm not that worried about it because like what is he gonna do just like plant his feet on the ground like lay on the floor like he's gonna <laughs> get pushed out you know right and I agree with you Personally, I am worried about it, but not from a logistic sense. Oh my God, he's not going to leave. If he gets voted out of office, he has to leave. I'm not worried about that. If he refuses, well, then the military needs to get dispatched on the White House. That's how it works. He can't stay there. The reason I'm worried about it is because it's a fundamental core of our democracy that there's a peaceful transition of power. We've been doing it for centuries, president to president, regardless of if you wanted them to win, regardless of if you agree with them, regardless if you were of the opposite political parties. It was a peaceful transition of power, and one I one recent one in our recent history. This happened back in 1990, uh, 1990, the nineteen ninety two election. So in January nineteen ninety three, the peaceful transition of power between George Herbert Walker Bush and Bill Clinton. A lot of people realize that's the most recent time in our history that there's been a lame duck president, where George Herbert Walker Bush only got elected to one term. Bill Clinton challenged an incumbent and won. So if, if that happens to Biden, it'll be the most recent instance of that was with Bill Clinton. And there's this letter, I, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, it's been trending in the media. And it was a letter handwritten by George Herbert Walker Bush that was left in the Oval Office to Bill Clinton. And it was really great. It talked about how Bill Clinton was going to be the president for um, every American. George Bush wishes him well, uh, despite the fact that he lost the election. He's there to help him. He's proud of him. 
all these different things. And it's not like, and it's not in the same degree of when Clinton left office. Clinton served for two terms. He served his constitutional maximum. George Bush, his presidency was cut short because Bill Clinton won. And I think, and I'm curious, I'll get to my question for you, but it's a fundamental core of our democracy that there's a peaceful transition of power without it. It's one of the things that makes us superior to many other countries in the world, especially, you know, in Europe with like Belarus or something. Do you think that Trump refusing to leave office is going to set a dangerous precedent for decades? Um, I, I don't think it's going to set a precedent. I think that it's just going to be like Trump like shits in a drawer in the Oval Office and then Biden takes over and then, like, everyone's just like, wow, that president was a baby. And then people are just going to, like, move on. Because at the end of the day, like, we're all Americans, you know? Right. So another, this is just sort of about the Trump presidency in general. The election of Donald Trump forever changed politics. It was partisan before his election, don't get me wrong. But we are at such an area of division just simply because of the fact that his presence in politics is there. And one of the questions I have for you is about the Republican Party. So the Republican Party, just think, in 2016, they voted and they made their nominee Donald Trump. But in 2012, their nominee was Mitt Romney. In 2008, their nominee was John McCain. These are, obviously, I have, personally, I have my ideological differences with the two individuals. But when it comes to... Mitt Romney and John McCain, they are respectable Americans, respectable uh, at the time Romney was a governor, McCain was obviously a senator. They were both respectable uh, workers in public service. They would, they understood the importance of bipartisanship. They didn't make stupid insults at each other. They were really passionate about the work. So for me, it's interesting to see that a party that so recently in our history would nominate a patriot like John McCain or nominate a intelligent public servant like Mitt Romney would suddenly throw that all out the window and go, you know what we need? We need a celebrity businessman that runs businesses into the ground to be our nominee. So I guess my question for you about the Republican Party, obviously there have been dissenters of Donald Trump. You have Lisa Murkowski that has not everything, and Susan Collins, obviously, there have been instances where they went against Trump, for instance, when the Trump administration and the Republican Party tried to overturn the Affordable Care Act. The two of them voted no. John McCain, as a matter of fact, saved health care and voted no. So these are, John McCain's a perfect figure that would not take Donald Trump's BS. And he stood in the face of him and said, no, like, I'm not going to listen to you. It's not important. So my question for you, Let's take somebody like Paul Ryan, for example. So if you're unaware, Paul Ryan, he was, you know, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mitt Romney's running mate in the 2012 presidential election, a Republican. Uh, he was taught, he was, uh, one of the things he ran on was like uh, fiscal safety and how he was all big on the economy or whatever. So in the first few years of the Trump presidency, Paul Ryan stayed and then he left. And the reason he left office is because he was just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to be standing by like we were, we are the party of Lincoln. We can't stand by with a president like Donald Trump. My question for you, do you think that's cowardly of Paul Ryan to walk away instead of um, stay there and be an avid dissenter of Donald Trump? I, I don't think that's cowardly. I don't think it's cowardly to just like step away from a situation that like, cause Donald Trump 
is so confident in his BS. And even with all of these people actively going against him, there's always going to be a crowd of people that are going to be there to catch him and that are going to be there to like push him towards doing like this awful stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. And I think that him leaving is just is more of a protest against like those people who avidly support him mm-hmm. and those people who just are going to like keep him going. And it's less of like a bravery thing and more of like, uh, yeah. Right. So you're, you say that about Paul Ryan, obviously, but then you think of people like obviously the late John McCain, he passed away very unfortunately of cancer in 2018. Uh, he was an avid dissenter of Donald Trump. And now you have Mitt Romney recently elected to the United States Senate from Utah, an avid dissenter of Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, he was the only Republican that voted to convict Donald Trump on one article of impeachment back uh, earlier this year. Uh, the first time that's ever been done in history where there was a bipartisan vote to do so. So I guess what I'm saying is with people like Mitt Romney and John McCain that are not walking away, they're not stepping down, they're not you know giving into a bully... They're sort of pointing out what's wrong with him. As Mitt Romney, he's like, he's a avid Trump dissenter, points out what's wrong with him. And don't get me wrong. Mitt Romney agrees with Donald Trump in many things. You know, Donald Trump is a Republican. He is a social conservative. Him and, him and Mitt Romney have a lot of common ground. Do you think that Mitt Romney was better to stay, is better to stay in Congress? It's like, better on his character to stay and face Trump in the face and be like, no, I'm not going to take your BS. Or do you think that the Paul Ryan approach was the more admirable thing to do? Or is it even um, in your eyes? I think, I think both approaches are admirable. Honest, honestly, like the thing is like, yes, like leaving it's like, it's, it's less of a thing. And at the end of the day, it does less for America, mm-hmm. like in a way. Um, but like, I think that Mitt Romney, like, avidly going against Donald Trump is, like, so brave of him to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, in and of itself, is just such an admirable thing, right. you know? Yeah. Sorry, that got on a little bit of a tangent. This was about the debate, but I just thought that was something that kind of needed to be talked about. Just the status of the Republican Party. Now, just sort of my final question for you, connecting back to the debate. Regardless, obviously, I know you've stated that you are more of a Joe Biden supporter for the 2020 election, as am I. Um, that's like who you're supporting. If you could vote, that's who you'd vote. We both agree on that. But the one thing I do want to ask you is regardless of who wins in November, if Joe Biden wins, if, or if Donald Trump wins January 20th, 2021, when the second, when the inauguration happens, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden, what does America need in the next presidency, whether it's a continuation of the current administration or it's a new president? What, what does America need in your view? Um, I think that, like, America just needs, like, unity. And, like, I know that that's, like, not really, like, it, like, it's not really, like, a president's responsibility to bring unity, but it's also, like, we've been so split for the past four years. The past four years have felt like a fever dream, honestly. Like, the fact that Donald J. Trump, a man who was in Home Alone, (laughs) is the president of this country, is insane to me but sorry i forgot your question what (laughs) pretty much what i was just saying is you said we needed unity uh that's like a perfect answer what that's what we need come 2021 as you've already touched upon you want joe biden to win 
let's say hypothetically, Donald Trump wins on November 3rd. Donald Trump wins the election. He's sworn in as the, uh, for his second term. Do you think he will be able to actually unite Americans or do you think he will continue to do what we saw last night on Tuesday? Do you think he will continue to do things like that and not see rationale and working with the Democratic Party and just try to push his agenda forward without any compromise? I do not think that he would be able to unite America. No. Um, I think that he has <laughs> he is constantly taking a he has constantly taken a stance to like be the face of the divide in America. And I think that like, honestly, I think he thrives off of the chaos. I think he thrives off of the fact that he has such hardcore supporters and such like strong people who oppose him too. And I think that he's not going to be able to like swallow his pride Mm -hmm. and just try to even come close to As a matter of of fact, as Joe Biden stated in the debate last night, one of his former, you know, workers, Kellyanne Conway, said that the riots that are happening in this country would actually help Donald Trump. And the one thing, sorry, before we go, because we need to touch, we need to touch upon this. In terms of race, when they were talking about it, just quickly, I want to address when Donald Trump said of the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by, instead of going against white supremacy and saying that it's just an awful thing. One, were you surprised? And two, why was Donald Trump wrong to do so? Um, I wasn't surprised. Um, he, it's no secret that he's a racist, you know, like it, it was almost impressive how much he like came forward with it in that debate. Like, yeah, he outwardly opposed the like denouncing white supremacy and that exactly is disgusting, but I was not surprised. Um, and I, yeah, I think he was wrong in not denouncing white supremacy. Me too. It's just awful. And for any parent that was watching that with uh, their children that maybe are in, you know, middle school that are actually understanding what's happening. uh, I had actually, a teacher talked to me about that today being like, yeah, I had to, that was the first time my daughter had really any ever watched anything political and really understood it. And I had to say to her that that's just not right. I know that's our president, but that is just not right. So thank you so much, Louisa. If you enjoyed this uh, prospector political podcast, please uh, tune in uh, for another one. I'm sure Louisa and I will be having more uh, conversations such as this. And obviously, as always, you can check back on our website, prospectornow.com, for more Prospector Political Publishes.